the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives free. Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Give up a chance. Give up your heart. Love never fails. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today. Uh, with an amazing um, uh, person who is just doing some transformative work in the area of social impact, in the area of uh, uh, not only addressing human trafficking, but just poverty um, and social impact at, at large. And so what, who we have in the studio, quite a guest here is Adisa. Adisa is an award-winning director, producer, and philanthropist. He was born and raised in Oakland, and he received his uh, <laughs> Master's of Fine Arts in film from New York University, a prestigious uh, Tisch School of the Arts. Uh, he's a critically mm-hmm. acclaimed uh, a film producer and director. Um, he most recently, you may have seen his film Notes in a Minor Key, uh, which garnered him a first look deal with Disney. And he is just, again, committed to making socially conscious films mm-hmm. that expand our awareness and explore issues related to underserved communities. Welcome to the show, Adisa. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we're so grateful to have you. And, and I had the good fortune of watching a film that you actually have up and coming. And so that we're going to be talking quite a bit about this film. It's mm-hmm. called Skin in the Game. And it's described sure. as a gritty, unflinching, dramatic thriller that explores the underground world of human trafficking produced by Howard Barish and Can Do Films, which is the production company behind the 2017 Oscar-nominated and BAFTA award-winning Netflix documentary, 13th. And so we're um, super excited to have your creativity, have your leadership uh, in, in, you know, jumping in on this platform and on this topic of human trafficking. And so um, wanted to just kind of open up the conversation. And I know that you're from Oakland and human trafficking is very prevalent in Oakland. But uh, are there any other reasons why this was a relevant topic for you to cover? 
Yeah, well, it's interesting that you would say that, uh, yeah, I am from Oakland, and uh, Human Trafficking, whether it's uh, San Pablo Boulevard in Oakland or off of uh, International Boulevard, is very prevalent. And the idea actually came when I was up there for Thanksgiving uh, two years ago. I was sitting down having uh, dinner with my family, and my sister had mentioned why she was reluctant to let her daughter catch the bus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the idea was that, you know, why don't you just, you know, let her catch the bus because she's driving her everywhere. And then she had told me that there was uh, a young woman that, uh, uh, like, maybe four or five months prior to that, that had gotten kidnapped off the bus. Right. Broad daylight. Yep. Right? Yep. And, had, and it was by some guerrilla pimps. Yep. And they had, uh, and they put her in, you know, they kind of threw, threw her into the life. Anyway, they kidnapped her and abducted her. That was shocking enough. And so for me... I still had to get my head around the idea of somebody getting abducted off of a bus. And then she used the word gorilla pimp, which I had never heard before. Right. Right. I, I still, I come out of that era of, you know, the seventies and the eighties and, you know, Snoop Dogg and everybody's talking about pimp. And then there's the, you know, Romeo, the, the old school, yeah. Yeah. Romeo pimp and all that. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But, um, but it, it, it started to take on a, another meaning for me when I heard gorilla pimp. Now at that point, I still, it was just for me, it, it, it had just impacted in terms of my spirit and my soul. Yeah. But then I had come back to, I had, then I had come back to LA and literally that same week, there was a newscast about a 13 year old girl who was prostituting herself out on Long Beach Boulevard. Mm. That was enough for me in terms of drawing that connection mm-hmm. to look into it, to at least, to at least want to research it uh, for my next film. Yeah. And I researched and researched it. I did. And it just uncovered a whole slew of, um, tra- what the, the word trafficking came up a lot. Uh, the word gorilla pimp, the word Romeo pimp. I mean, all everything I thought I knew about, uh, you know, sort of girls being trafficked, I didn't know. Right. I didn't know. I mean, it was just a whole new world to me. So I just started to dig deeper and deeper into that world. Um, uh, ultimately, I ended up researching uh, some women that were going out there rescuing these girls mm-hmm. that were being trafficked. Yeah, and uh, then that just that opened up a whole new slew of uh, in terms of where the story was going to take it. Yes. Well, I have to tell you, I have I felt a lot in common. Uh, Love never fails. Like the organization that you Mm. you partnered with also has done uh, has rescued over 100 women and children with the partnership of law enforcement and off duty officers and private investigators. So we weren't just out there by ourselves, but we we were sort of leading the charge in rescuing these young women and and children. And and, um, oftentimes we get contacted by a family member and very frequently people in church whose children have been reported missing who, um, you know, it's like you get that little track form and you get put, you know, you get your flyer and then it's pretty much up to the family to really bang the pots and get out there and, and um, find find their child, and the exploiters are relying on uh, the family to not care. They're relying on exactly. the family to be maybe the family. I shouldn't say not care, but to be overwhelmed, to um, have apathy. Yeah. You know, yeah. to, just to not know yeah. how to navigate the system, and just you know, the, right. there's already in our community so much fear of the police and. Uh, so much right, fear of, right. of the, the, the or, you know, and so much distrust, not just fear, but distrust that anything would ever happen. So there's a lack yeah. of engagement after being even being lack reporting missing. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, and if I can, and if I can just add to that, what happens to a lot of the girls are runaways. Yes. You know, so a lot of times, so sometimes, and not to any fault of their own, but they'll have problems with their family. So yep. there's that sort of divide there, right? And yes. so a lot of times, uh, a pimp or a perpetrator will come in and create a wedge there. Right. Now, if, he, if he's in communication with the girl, it may not even be a wedge there. But if, if she could be um, just, you know, at home living her life, but now what he's going to do is um, he's going to he's going to pry on he's going to like um, pray on, on that. Mm-hmm. He's going to some conflict here. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't go out at night. Oh, your mother. Blah 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 blah. You know, it can be normal things. You know, having to wash the dishes, her having to just um, you know go to school. But she has you know, these normal complaints, right? Yeah. Now what he'll do, or the trafficker will come in and exploit that complaint. Right. The worse than it is. Now, all of a sudden, this teen is thinking that her mother or her father is just like, you know, being incarnate, and they got to get out of there. And, he sees, and he's providing a way out. He's saying, hey, come stay with me. It's going to be, you know, um, uh, it's going to be better. It's going to be much better. But the only reason I mention this is because there's different levels of it in terms of, you know, the obvious victim you would think would be, a, I don't want to use the word victim, but the obvious uh, person, whether it's a, a girl or boy, you would think they, they, you know, sometimes coming from a broken home, uh, coming from, you know, sometimes they've been, you know, molested as children, you know, so then there's that thing, right? And some of these, some of these kids are, uh, are sometimes just abandoned and they're living in foster care. Right. Because of their family situation, they have to go live there. So you, you see some of these precursors in terms of, oh, this is an obvious place where I can just come in. And exploit. And exploit, right? yeah. Statistically speaking, uh, upwards of 80% of commercially ex- sexually exploited children in California have also been system involved. Upwards of 80%, between 50 and 80%, but depending on which county you're in. In Alameda County, uh, this was uh, this was wow. eight years ago, it was 41%, 267 victims. And so, you know, uh, we we know wow. that there's a huge correlation, right? When And oftentimes uh, trafficking wow. is, that, is that final straw, if you will, to putting a child in yeah. foster care, right? So they may be in the custody of their family right. at just at that time where they're starting to run away for the reasons you described, and then... Um, and then they become, uh, you know, they, they're placed in foster care, which doesn't make it any better than it was. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, the mm-hmm. child actually says, you know, what's the point? Like, I'd rather be in with an exploiter that at least, you know, gets my nails yeah. done and my hair done and I can oh, smoke yeah. weed and I can do what I want to do. And I just have to sleep with a couple mm-hmm. of people here and there. Um, at least that's how it starts until the beatings come and everything right. else. So we're going to take a break. Um, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and, and your movie really explores at in depth these things, these experiences. Right. So I, I, that's one of the reasons why I so appreciate it, because it was very uh, real. And and so we're going to talk a little Thank bit you. more about um, how you wrote your characters in and um, what you hope to achieve mm-hmm. with this film, uh, Skin in the Game. So we'll be right back. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. 
trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. Again, we're in the studio today with Adisa, who's the director of the film Skin in the Game. And Adisa is a award-winning filmmaker. He has really committed his life to making socially conscious films that expand our awareness and explore issues related to underserved communities. You may have seen his film Notes in the Minor Key, which again garnered him a first look deal with Disney. And he also has done some some great work with specifically in Southern California in 2015, directing students of Long Beach Polytech High School's Human Trafficking mm-hmm. Club, made a PSA there with them in conjunction with the Long Beach Human Trafficking Task Force. And he's also produced a series of documentary films in several African countries for OIC International, films you may have heard of, such as A Day Without Minds, which is focused on child minors in Sierra Leone, which won Best Short Documentary at Beverly Hills Film, and it was showcased on the National Black Programming Consortium. So there, there's just been a slew, a whole slew of pieces that you've done that sh- kind of share the experience of a unsung individual, right? An individual that, quite frankly, has been in our community and has been without a voice, has not been understood, represented, and or cared for, quite frankly, without, uh, you know, the the, the awareness that's necessary. Is that what motivates you in doing this, Adisa, or is there more to it? Well, it's interesting that you should say that because I've... um... I've I've tried to bring put meaning on it myself. I grew up uh, two parent household until my mother father split when I was five. But my father was always in my life. He came and got us every weekend. My mother raised us. My father was actively in my life, and so there was always I always had that sense of nurturing and support there. Um, but for some reason, you know, there's there's this inclination of me, and maybe it's the fact that I, I grew up in West Oakland and I saw a lot of my friends who didn't have fathers. Mm. Right or there's some there was, that empathy, uh, just, mm. you know, some, yeah, some empathy there. There was some a lot of poverty in that area too. That I maybe just I feel like there's an inclination there around children. I have no idea where that comes from, but I, I so a lot of the themes in my work comes from children, yeah. right? And then you mentioned unsung. I guess um, I was also an underachiever. I had, I I graduated high school with a 1.6 grade point average. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I had read the autobiography of Malcolm X 
that I really began to look at myself and my circumstances. And then I saw in him that if he could change, mm-hmm. going from what he had gone through to be, become what he had become, I saw some inspiration in there for myself. Mm-hmm. So that so the unsungness actually comes through a, just a sense of wanting to be better and having been, I guess I was also, I felt like I was counted out Yeah. Uh, early on, or I, maybe I counted myself out just being an underachiever. Um, like the, so or, I, or I maybe people on. didn't expect much from you. Is that what you mean by counted out? Yep. 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 Didn't expect much. You know, I didn't that I fell into the typical, uh, sort of these stereotypes around young black men growing up and, you know, in the hood, but, um, I certainly had probably bought into a lot of the definitions that were put it put out there for me. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why representation in my work, I think becomes very important representation. And like you mentioned earlier, dealing with sort of that unsung hero mm-hmm. or the people that have been counted out by society. Uh, yeah. Well, and you know, what's interesting about that is that you said you, you became aware after high school, I take it about the achievements yeah. that Malcolm X um, had made and the things in which, you know, that he overcame. And I've noticed in the last couple of years we've been for, for myself, for example, we've, there's been a lot more visibility on things that, you know, inventions that African-American uh, leaders have made. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was, I was shocked to learn about the contributions of African-American women and men in the IT world. And I had just assumed as I was growing up uh, and that, that's the area, that's the world that I've lived in for the last 23 years. And I just assumed that all of those, you know, those innovations were not made by someone like me. And so when I began to, you know, hear Mm. um, these stories, I began to believe uh, for something more for myself. Um, And so I wonder, you know, by you reading that Malcolm X uh, memoir, if you will, or what, I don't know which book you read, but just to know that there could be an African-American man that could come from humble beginnings, uh, albeit maybe not the worst circumstances, but uh, could um, become something more, not just that I think this is important. I'm very motivated, not just for to save myself. But I'm motivated to bring people with me. That is a motivation mm. as part of my why. I, I I would be so lonely to be on the top of the mountain by myself. I want to, I, I kind of want a little mountain that has like a, 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 a plateau, if you will. So there's a lot of people that can get I up like there that. on the top. All right. <laughs> so do you want like the pointy like, mountain I, or I, the flat you. one? <laughs> I'll, hey, I'll join you on that mountain with Fannie Lou Hamer. And um, and Martin Luther King any day of the week. That's right. That's Thank right. Yeah. yeah. So I, it sounds I like you've got that. some yeah. of that. You got some of that going. Is that right? It, it it got some of that, and I tell you, even to to the point where I got into film, it wasn't until again around representation that I saw the work of Spike Lee mm-hmm. that motivated me and put the idea in my head that oh, you know you could be a filmmaker too. You did it. Right. You know, and so, yeah, yeah, mm. so even, even, you know, so it's, 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 it's representation, whether it's women, you know, whether it's, the, uh, you know, gay community, trans or, you know, African-American, Hispanic, you need that. You, you, you need do. That. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's ever important. Yeah. It is. It is. It's important that people uh, feel that their contributions to the world, um, first of all, that know that there are others that have made yeah. uh, these contributions, and um, and that they too uh, can do the same. So you you 
you have a master's of fine arts in film from New York University's prestigious and am I pronouncing it right? Tish? Is that how you say it? Tish School of the Arts? Tish. It's Tish. Tish. Okay. Tish School of the Arts. Okay. I apologize. So um, so just thinking a little bit about that, was that was that tough for you making that jump from Oakland or did you go somewhere before you went to New York? No, I, I yeah, well, I got my undergraduate university in Massachusetts at Amherst. Oh, you went to uh, Massachusetts just, first. I, I, okay. Yeah, went there, and I just I just considered myself uh, a series of just good fortunes to, to have gone from Oakland, again, high school underachiever, but then having done so well in terms of preparing myself to go to college, I spent, you know, some time at a, uh, not a community college, but it was a state school, and really got my act together. I mean, really, it was, just, it was like cutting a switch on. Mm. Once I knew what I was capable of and what, I, what, I, what was possible within me or what I'd seen, you know, other people were done. I just cut the switch on, and immediately again, I still had to overcome some insecurities around, mm. you know, reading and you know comprehension. I mean, you know, it was things I, you know, it wasn't like overnight. It was things I struggled with. But once I got the grasp that I could and I can, it was over. And then so then when I got accepted to NYU, I was just really gr- glad to have gone there. Spike Lee had gone yeah. there, so that was part of his all. Huge, yeah. So and, uh, I couldn't when yeah, I saw no, that I was yeah. like you know okay and I was thinking about the parallels in your film there's a there's a young lady in the film and I won't give it up because this is a spoiler I won't give it up what happens there but okay. there is a young lady in the film at the very beginning and there is this transformation that starts to happen of her in the film yes. where she yes. starts to yeah. you know uh, love herself she starts to look in the mirror yeah. and starts to see the real person that's there. Right. And just kind of kind of drawing the parallels to your life, to my life. There's these pivotal moments where we go in. You know, we never thought we were capable of certain things. Mm -hmm. And we and then we start to actually believe and see the light. And, you know, and there there are some that that grab hold of that and move forward. And there are some that don't. And um, and I think your your film really provides a. Um, a moment to to contemplate that, right? To to understand yeah, that, yeah. No, right? No, absolutely, a- absolutely. I mean, you know, there's a all array of girls that get uh, into this for whatever reason, you know, in terms of being kidnapped or coerced. And so it was important for us to, you know, to exemplify what that transformation could look like. Mm-hmm. Because when I had spoke to, I had spoke to a survivor uh, who is now a leader, uh, her name is Jayla Baxter, and she had told me that it was important to not show girls just the dismal side of it. That right. was part of it. And to also, because she said also, if you show them with no way out, not capable. Yeah. And a lot of times this is a very dire situation. You know, a lot of times these girls get into there and they don't get out. Right. Yeah. And that happens a lot. Maybe, right. You know, maybe more times than not. But she says, don't focus on that because what will happen is now the pimp will use this movie as a tool for his recruitment. Right. It doesn't matter what you do. You're not going to get out. Get out. You, yeah. Doesn't matter what you're going to do. Right. Yeah. So there's going to be failure waiting for you. Absolutely. And so it was important for us to, to, to kind of um, to show that transformation. Yeah. Very honest. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to talk a little bit more about how you, you know, so it sounds like you did some interviewing. We're going to talk a little bit more about how you uh, pull together the different characters and perspectives on this film, and again, what you want the 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 viewer to come away knowing so we'll be right back uh and thank you for listening to love never fails radio to join in the fight for love visit loveneverfailsus.com 
Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back, and thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with Adisa, the award-winning filmmaker of an up-and-coming film called Skin in the Game, which shows a real-world depiction of the, the plight of multiple survivors of human trafficking and the people who are there to support them. Um, and unfortunately, the people that are there to exploit them. So it, it, it really does look at this from a variety of different perspectives. Um, and, you know, one of the things actually, uh, it was it was interesting as I was watching the film, I thought a little bit about some of the exploiters that were in the film and some of the buyers yeah. that were in the film and um, and their state of mind and whether, you know, whether they were represented uh you know, accurately, in my opinion, and also, um, what is the you know what is the psychology of an exploiter, of a of a buyer? Yeah. 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 Well, first off, an exploiter can be male or female. Yep. You know, uh, they, they don't discern that because it's based on greed. That's right. And making money, and 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 they have no conflict with exploiting other people to do that. And so, in our particular movie. What you see is Eve, yep. and I'm not no spoilers here, but uh, Eve is is a trafficker and she's a female, right? Yeah. And so it's it's for a woman like Eve, her psychology probably had been exploited at one point herself. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. She was she, she she probably was a prostitute, right? And she probably worked up herself up the ranks, mm-hmm. and she gained some concessions based on that, right? And now she became sort of in charge, right? Yep. So it's nothing for her, it's nothing for her, especially after having what she's been through in terms of the exploitation. She's probably been beat. She's mm-hmm. been you know out on the track multiple times. So now she's a boss, right? She's desensitized so, to it all, right? I mean, you know, there's really it, it's not a big deal. What's the big deal, right? Right, and, and, and so and so having gone through that, she's saying, okay, I made it through that. I'm right. tough, and she's now feeling a certain thing about herself, like you know what now. Okay, so I can exploit other young girls. I'm helping right? you out, right? I'm that. I'm training you yeah. up. Exactly. And yeah. So now she now she becomes an exploiter, and I think it's key. It's it's it's, it's important to mention this because uh, just recently there was a uh, a girl. Her name is she calls herself Pretty Ho, mm-hmm. right? And she just got convicted, and she's going to be doing like ten years. So, mm-hmm. You know, 
uh, in prison because she was out there exploiting other young girls. And in most cases, what you find, too, with the traffickers, in Eve's case or in any of these other traffickers, they're not even doing the recruiting. Right. They'll have other people, like they'll send other young girls into girls. the foster care mm-hmm. system to recruit another young girl. Right. right? There'll yep. be another young girl going into the high schools to recruit. And so, and it, males too. The males were using, you know, other recruiters out there too. So I think, think that that's important. And I think the, the fact that greed is a motivating factor. Now, you also mentioned the buyers. The mm-hmm. only thing I'd like to say about the buyers is that they drive the market. Right. Right. So the reason the reason we're seeing younger and younger girls out there prostituting, whether it's online or, you know, on the track, is because these men or women, but in most cases they're men, right, mm-hmm. are demanding that. And if they want and they in some cases they want twelve year old girls, you right. know, and thirteen year old girls. And so we gotta look at that and I think there just needs to be a whole thing around what men need to be standing up for and I, you know, I'm and this there's a good friend of mine, uh, Patrick Ellison, and he runs sort of the uh, men standing up for human trafficking, mm-hmm. right? And he's he, he's just trying to create some awareness that men need to take a stand, right? And one way one way to take a stand is to stay away from pornography, and which which he, he also feels is sort of a a gateway mm-hmm. to this oh, yeah. thing, right? Yeah. So to just take a and to take a strong uh take a strong stand. And not have and not have anything to do with this, you know, in terms of buying or even dealing with the pornographic Yeah, you know, interesting on the porn. So uh, we have a prevention education program that we've uh, collectively created with uh, two other nonprofits, Frederick Douglass Family Initiative and uh, Three Strands Global, mm-hmm. and it's called Protect. And we've uh, oh. it's in um, seventh, ninth, and eleventh grade classrooms in thirty six counties in the state. And uh, that uh, that program, when we were kind of sharing um, some of the curriculum, which is um, really warns against pornography, um, we did get some pushback. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of groups that said, hey, you know, oh, yeah. what's, what's the problem with pornography? What's the big deal? And really, you know, we chose obviously, you know, we have our own moral codes right out there. Uh, but we chose the the stance that we looked at was the staggering number of people that ha- will t- have reported that they were not willingly participating in pornographic movies. And that in itself, mm. just if nothing more, fine, if, you know, moral judgment, you feel like pornography is, is a good oh, yeah. look. That's, you know, OK. It's between me and my wife. Do it, whatever. But if you're mm-hmm. thinking about the fact that you actually are taking advantage of a child, oftentimes, who looks like an adult or a woman or a man who is not there willingly or who was brought into that industry um, sure. as a child, sure. uh, unwillingly, and now believes that that is their, their job, right? That, that, yeah. I don't know about you, but that just doesn't turn me on. So I hope yeah. that, you know, they people, yeah. uh, will eat, just consider that point, you know, but to your point, that is a gateway, right? So that's a, that's a gateway. Um, it's and a gateway, it's a gateway and, and the pornographers will also, you know, depending on what you like, you know, you're also, whenever you push like or send, or I want more of this, they just create more of that. Right. You know, it just becomes it's insatiable. A, a, a richer scale for this. Yeah. Oh, more of this, more young this, more this, more this, you know, yeah. uh, true stuff here. And so, yeah. So yeah. that's why um, 
prevention of that is, is key in this whole fight to stop human trafficking. Too. I, I really love the way that you uh, you made Eve a woman. I just have to compliment you on that because it's so oh. people don't uh, don't think that that's happening. They really think that this is all mm-hmm. men. Uh, they have certain stereotypes. Um, I remember I went to a presentation in L.A. and uh, uh, mm-hmm. the presenter uh, showed a picture on a slide. He had it was had some animation built into it, uh, and he showed a picture of it: a white male in a um, in a business suit, an African male mm-hmm. with dreadlocks, and a um, mm-hmm. Asian, like four foot eleven Asian woman. And he said, "Which one of these is a trafficker?" And, you know, and he had people, you know, raise their hands on which ones. And, of course, the African-American male was the one that people most raised their hands for. And um, and the the, it turned out that the most notorious trafficker in that group was the little Asian woman who was running multiple brothels throughout. uh, Yeah. Throughout throughout California. I mean, something like 13 brothels. So she was a madam. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I I got to I got to say, and it, for the listeners listening to your program right now, it, you know, it's probably creating a lot of an awareness, just like it did for me, because I had no idea when I started down this path that I would end up where I am. And just in terms of the breadth of knowledge I have right now, too, and um, and even I'm a father of two young girls. Yes. So it's it's also it's also created this sort of. Uh, I'm not going to say paranoia, but, you know, I'm just very, like, uh, I'm very leery now, mm-hmm. you know, because of, 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 you know, this world we're living in. Yep. And it's, it could be very, it could be very unfriendly, um, especially to, uh, to young girls, you know, yes. so, or young vulnerable people. I vulnerable people. Absolutely. So we're going to take a break. Um, I'm going to, I, so I had, uh, one of our survivor leaders on staff at Love Never Fails watch the film, uh, and uh, mm. and I wanted to get her input on the film and, you know, is it realistic? Um, what are some things that jumped out at you? And she gave me a list that I thought would be kind of interesting to share mm. back with you, if you don't mind. Um, just some things that Love she you. appreciated. So when we come back, uh, we are going to hear a, a little bit from one of our survivor leaders, Sable. And uh, thank you so much for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. 
to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Adisa, who is an award-winning filmmaker. He has just been head down working on socially conscious films and notes in the minor key and a variety of films covering Sierra Leone and other parts of the world that where there are underserved and under-resourced and vulnerable members of our society that have no voice. And he really sees about bringing voice to those individuals. And now he's focused on survivors of human trafficking with his new movie, Skin in the Game. And as I mentioned, Adisa, I had Sable, one of our survivor leaders on staff, take a look at the movie. Yeah. And she shared with me a few things that I thought would be helpful because I really think that this could be an educational piece, I think, for, for schools. It could be an educational mm-hmm. piece for um, especially like 11th graders or college students. And so a few things she says, it, it showed that a girl doesn't, isn't just sold online. I'm sorry, isn't just sold on the street, that there are online platforms that are selling girls. And that's really important for people to know that. Yeah. It also shows that women can be the exploiter. And the one selling girls, as we mm-hmm. mentioned in the last segment, it shows how most of the time the girls are pumped with drugs, right, and kept in isolated mm-hmm. areas for yep. periods of time to break them and the breaking process. It actually shows that it shows that girls are subjected to some pretty gruesome uh, things like certain things going on with the with the buyer's body. Right. I'm not going to say what, oh, but, yeah. you know, oh, when yeah. when oh, yeah. when there was that one thing where there was something growing on one of oh, the yeah. buyer's bodies, yeah. it's like this is, you know, it's not the glamorous thing that you think it's that the exploiter mm-hmm. makes it out to be. You're, you know, you're dealing with pus and cuts and smelly things and, and you got to just kind of grin and bear it. Um, so, uh, I remember there was a film that, that was on Fox called the, the girlfriend experience, uh, a few years back GFE. And it was like this woman that was empowered and she quit college and Mm -hmm. now she was like this empowered woman that was selling sex with all these awesome super fine guys right and i'm like no 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 that ain't (laughs) gonna work for me this is not what it is let's stop playing with it you know and getting our kids to think that's what it is um also she says it was irritating and it probably triggered her a little bit here that the police couldn't do anything for 24 hours because a lot can happen in 24 hours when a when a person is yeah. missing. Um, yeah. And then yeah. lastly, it showed um, that um, people can be sold that come from good neighborhoods and nice houses. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So yeah. those were the things that um, she thought um, were were very, um, you know, kind of true about the movie. And um, and just just for those who are listening, uh, because many of our listeners are Christian and um, conservative, is that it, a lot of, lot of um, cussing in the movie. But for me, uh, and, uh, you know, graphic scenes, but uh, for me, uh, very real, very true and very honest. So mm-hmm. uh, it didn't... Didn't bother me because it was like real. It was it was you know documentary style. I appreciated that. What well, I appreciate you saying that, and just for your always hope for your listeners. Uh, you know, when I spoke, we had, I had a wonderful team behind this. Howard Barish and the Candy family over there. I mean, just excellent filmmakers. I mean, they have a history of doing 
uh, great movies, as you stated earlier, some of Ava DuVernay's earlier films and The 13th. But we had tonal meetings early on, and we really wanted this movie to reach uh, a broad audience. Yep. So we talked about, like, how much violence, yep. you know, and, of course, there's, you know, there's gruesome violence in this world is, like, severe. But we didn't go there on purpose. You know, it's there's some, yes, there's some, you know, some hinted at violence, and you see some, but not to the point where you want to... Um, you know, recoil. Right. So we were very careful about it that. Was, it was. Violence. It also, was right there. Yeah, it was no, right yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah. And also, the, exactly, and the amount, of, the amount of stuff we showed, too. We were very, you know, just concerned. You know, we, hey, listen, we wanted young people to see this movie. Yes. So that was sort of our, our gauge and our barometer, too. Yeah, uh, I think an so 11th, people, 12th yeah. uh, college student... Um, I think certain like I, I actually think a ninth grader, let's say in Oakland, um, maybe even seventh uh, would be fine with it. It just depends on the yeah. the uh, the school age and, you know, the the school's sensitivity to language. But um, I think, again, you know, you're not going to talk about this issue without talking about no. things that are a little uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, well, it's, not, it's you know it's not Rich, Richard Gere and uh, Julia Roberts. Oh woman. no, it's not Pretty Woman. No, it's I mean, not. Mm-mm. We we can say that reference. I mean, our audience may not know that reference for that movie, but <laughs> are we was, use, are we showing our age, Adisa? Are we showing our age? <laughs> <A little bit. laughs> that happens. So so I'll just say a little fun. So so Sable is twenty four, and every now and then she and I are talking, and I come with something like that, uh-huh. and he she just looks at me blank, <laughs> like I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Pretty woman wasn't there. No don't get it. Don't exactly. want to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, exactly, uh, exactly. well, a lot has changed since the making of that movie, right? Where, I, in my day, um, that was that that was actually a glamorized. I was like, I want to be a pretty woman, you know. I I want right, to get right. I want to get some Richard Gear guy to come pick me up, you know. And I didn't right, realize yeah. what was going stress. on. Yeah, damn doing the stress. She ends up giving her, you know, whatever thousands of dollars and blah blah blah. But the average girl on the track, right, is not making. She's not even making close to that because her pimp or her her, um, her perpetrator is making all the money. All the right? money, That's number one. Yeah, and she's working. She's working twelve to fourteen hours a day, every day. Sunday, no time off. Right. You know, she's wearing heels. She's on the track. She can't. You know, I mean. It's, 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 I mean, it's just the opposite. <laughs> oh, yeah. The reality of it is so horrific. And um, and just, yeah. you know, like there's been people that have kind of rationalized, well, I love sex. This is something I want to do. Well, you can wa- you can love right. sex all you want, but nobody wants to have sex 21 times a day. No, I'm sorry. Nobody no. wants to do Ooh. that. Nobody does. No. Nobody does. Right. And we don't even want to talk about what that does to a woman's body. Right. You know, I mean, it's just that kind of abuse and that kind of uh, punishment on your body. I mean, there's, there's some serious repercussions after that. That's you know, right. In terms That's of functionality. Right. Yeah. yeah. And trauma. And trauma. And trauma. The trauma of it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, a lot of, a lot of women I've talked to uh, are PTSD. Right. You know, post-traumatic syndrome. You That's know, they right. just have it. And, it's, and, they, and they get triggered. Mm-hmm. You know, and smells, number sounds, ways. Was, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Sound. All, there was one woman I interviewed and she told me, and this just really took me back. She said, and this is, she's a leader and survivor in the movement now, right? She's rescued girls. She's a champion. She does this public speaking. She's very inspirational. And after we're talking, she's saying, 
if my pimp came in the room right now to get up, let's go. Mm. She said she she would get up and go with him. Wow, that much this control. After all the work she's done on herself again, mm-hmm. that trigger, right? And still feeling that sort of you know she has she, to. You know, you probably like you talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. It just seasoned her, groomed her, and beat her down so much that. But this, and this is one. I mean, a lot. This isn't everyone. You know, a lot of women have overcome a lot and they've gone on. But this overlasting trauma. You know, it, it stays with it stays with them for a long time. Well, and the and the and the connection point for people, you know, if you're listening and you know anybody who has been a survivor who is a survivor of domestic violence, or anybody who's uh, currently oh, yeah. in a DV oh, relationship, yeah. just so you have a connection point, think about why someone goes back to their abuser. Think about why oh. they do. Think about why a an abused child always wants to go oh. back to their mom. Even though the mom has hurt them, abused them, neglected them. Why? Because there's this bond between them that, you know, sick as it may be to anyone, a stander by, right? A bystander, it's a deep seated, unexplainable thing. Yeah. Yep, you can, you can look at it in psychology. Some of it's called trauma bonding. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's Stockholm syndrome. syndrome. Yep. You know, exactly. so there's, there's names for it, and it's hurtful, and it's and, harmful. Yes, so I'm so glad you're, you've are you taken this time to um, uh, and this effort to shine light on this important topic. We're going to take a break and come back and talk about ways that we can uh, learn more about how we can actually watch the film and other events that are going on in the community. Okay. So thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. We'll be right back. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again have been speaking with Adisa, who is an award-winning filmmaker and is in the process of launching a new film that shines some light on this issue of human trafficking. And it's called Skin in the Game. We've been talking about it and a variety of other things that are going on in our world. And so I would love to let the listening audience know how they can watch this film, Adisa. So maybe you can fill us in. Absolutely. Okay, so the film is going to be released nationwide, and you can see it. If you're in L.A., you can go to Universal City Walk and see it there at the AMC Theater. 
It'll be at other AMC theaters across the country, but you can go to the Can Do Films website. I believe that's CanDoFilms.com website, and you can find out more information on where you can see it around the country in terms of the theater. And it'll also be released on many streaming platforms, Amazon Prime, you know, uh, and then you can you can view it there. Matter of fact, if you wanted to right now, you can go to Amazon.com and you can uh, pre-order it. Or iTunes, I'm sorry. You can go to iTunes and you can pre-order it for a reduced price and it'll be ready for you. Tune in, you can watch it that way. Nice. Awesome. So that's really exciting. Really grateful that we got some insight into the film and we can get people out straight away. It's ready today for you to take a look. And so, as was mentioned, this film is now in circulation and was launched yesterday. And so we're so excited to be able to just to share this with you all and uh, have a a first look at how powerful this awareness piece is for you and also your community using this as a platform that you can open up a conversation here. We also have some other events that are going on in the community. We'd love to have you out. Actually, uh, tomorrow we have our Love My City Community Prayer. That is our corporate monthly prayer platform. And anywhere you are, we ask you to join Join us in prayer, praying for people that are impacted by human trafficking, whether it's the exploited, the exploiters, the buyers, whoever it is in that chain. God, we want you to help. We ask for you to help. And so we just would ask that everybody uh, would just be in agreement to pray for for everybody involved. Um, We also want to invite you out. We have a community job fair in Oakland on um, July the 11th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Love Never Fails is partnering with California Bank and Trust at 420th Street in Oakland. And you can actually register for that job fair uh, on our website, which is loveneverfailsus.com forward slash events. And there's a little link there. Uh, a, uh, a a URL that you can use to register. We are giving out gifts for the first 50 people that register. And we will also give you a coupon for a free career, uh, career outfit, uh, which we will do a fitting for you and provide you that outfit um, after the event. So um, please do register and join us. We're going to have jobs with Amtrak, uh, tech jobs with Bay Infotech, uh, clinical jobs with Support Circle. And um, we have some roofing jobs with Western Roofing, and we also um, have some other employers coming that uh, that we ca- we haven't confirmed yet, but there's quite a few that are uh, going to be there with several positions available, both high high end, advanced tech roles, and entry level positions. We also uh, want to invite you out. Mark your calendars for uh, the 20th of July. We have our street outreach, which we do every third Saturday of the month. Uh, This month, we're going to be in Contra Costa County. And so come and join us as we reach out to the exploited in the community there and offer them some hope and um, some resources. Also on the September the 28th, mark your calendars from 1 to 3 p.m. We have a donor appreciation event. We want to just love on you. Thank you for your support. We are a listener-supported organization and and a donor-supported organization, and so we need to uh, love on you, to thank you for all that you do for us. So come on out to 22580 Grand Street, Hayward, and and that's from 1 to 3 p.m. that day. And, of course, if you want to get more involved with us, because uh, we 
do rely on your donations, you can become a member today by going to loveneverfailsus.com forward slash donate. There are membership levels starting at $10 a month all the way up to $500 a month. And we appreciate every anything that you can do to support what we're doing. Uh, we provide housing for women and children. 100 women and 20 children have come through our 18-month housing program thus far. We provide workforce development, jobs, and IT for um, people in our program. And uh, a community store where people can work and receive supplies, low-cost supplies in the, in the neighborhood. And uh, we also do prevention education, as I mentioned, as part of our Protect Collaborative. So there's so many ways that uh, we impact the community, and we'd love your support. And, of course, you can follow us on loveneverfailsus.com or our Facebook page, Love Never Fails uh, Inc. And so we thank you so much, Adisa, for being on the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm. We so appreciate you. You're welcome. And um, we'll 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 have you back on uh, with your next project. I'm sure you. This isn't the last one. I'm sure. So thank you again. Um, and we want the listening audience to know if you it. haven't heard it before. We want you to know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.